Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. Everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 86. My name's Turner Sparks in Singapore. My name is Mike Kaplan in the great Long Island City, New York City. You can find me at Turner B. Sparks on Twitter. You can find Kaplan at K-A-P, Cap in America. On the podcast today, we have me and Kaplan. A lot going on, Kaplan. Lot of action. I was just at the comedy festival, the China International Comedy Festival in Shanghai. We're gonna get to that in a minute. But before all that, let's What's start with that? our favorite topic. What's that? Russians. Russians. Yeah, we got Russians. We. I don't know what happened, but we had thousands and thousands and thousands of r- downloads, like way beyond our normal normal amount. A couple weeks ago, a week ago, I guess. I went and I looked it all up. Turns out they're all coming from Russia. All of them? Like all of our downloads or just all the new downloads? All the new ones. We have our base, our American base, our world base, our China base. But then right. we have all American these new heroes. people. Yeah, coming, there's all these new people coming in from Russia. I don't know if it's – I honestly don't know what's going on. Shout out to all them. Thanks to all of our – how do you say shout out in Russian? I don't know. I'm gonna. Do you think um, uh, it's because of the alt-middle? Do you think Putin's adopting the alt-middle? That's his move? I think so. No. I think, yeah. He our, wants us. To sow Discord? Yes. The news of us has finally spread to uh, our great leader, uh, Vladimir Putin, (laughs) and the great people of Russia, the fine, fine people. And I I honestly don't know what it is. I don't know if we were shared on a blog in Russian or I I really don't know. I have no concept of what happened, but um, I'm happy. Maybe they heard that Teddy Kaplan, uh, your son, thinks he's Russian. And are there any... are there any podcasters that have kids who think they're Russian? Does that happen? I mean, maybe my kid. Is, yeah, that, I, that's a very unique selling point. I do not think Putin's going to. There's like we know there's way too many. There's a lot of podcasts, but I can't imagine there's a lot of podcasts where their son actually has like a split personality and thinks he was born in Russia. First um, of all, yeah, and right? first of all, there's not a advantage, lo- right? There's not a lot of podcasters that have sons because most of them are just like loser co- comedians who don't have <laughs> yeah, families. People who have kids have to earn a living, right? And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's, and, I, and I just. It, I know Putin's listening or he's got people listening, so I want to tell him that um, 
my message directly to him is that my, Teddy does a soccer program yeah. uh, in his school, and they have a thing where they, the, the coach of the thing said, everybody, I want you for the month of June to wear the colors of the World Cup team you're rooting for. Oh, no. For the games. Oh, no. And he was, like, going around asking who's everyone going to wear. And Teddy raised his hand. He said, I'm wearing red, white, and blue. And the guy said, oh, America is not in the World Cup. And Teddy said, I'm wearing them for Russia, not America. <laughs> so he, he has gone on record with his love for Russia, to, uh, which is very risky in the New York public schools right now. Very risky. So he, <laughs> he does not care. He believes. So if you're listening out there, all of our new fellow, our new listeners, we're the real deal. It is a weird time. It's a weird time to be in New York City because you have to be. It's a very liberal city, so you have to love all foreigners except Russians. You can't. You, you know, we welcome. We welcome. We want to tear down the wall, but we want to build it back up around Russia. I guess I don't know if that's yeah. that's the way it works. And uh, you know, the other thing is, I didn't even tell you this, but um, the other day I was sitting at a cof- coffee shop, and I had this Russian guy just approach me, and he's with these two old. Looking, they were like so obviously like out of central casting for like old Russian people from like the uh, from the days of the Soviet Union. Sure. Like they were like this. They were like, and he just said, oh, "Can you do me a favor?" And it's like very broken Russian. Can you watch them for me? I have to go pay, uh, pay the meter. And these are my parents. They don't speak a word of English. Uh, basically, he had them in the city and was like scared to leave them anywhere. So I was watching them. Look at you. And I got to be honest. My first thought was to be a little careful with what I was saying on the phone to someone. So I thought, well. This guy is <laughs> paranoid now. But then I thought, no, 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 don't be that way. If anything, these are, they're just huge fans of the podcast. They want to yeah. use this as an excuse to get close to me. That's what I was going to say. They uh, probably recognized you. Yeah, probably. I'm probably. sure everyone in Russia is talking about it. They're probably all over the – what's that What's that TV station, that, where the propaganda station? RT. RT. we got to get a show on RT. Uh, yeah, maybe they'll see our PBS, our state-run American TV programming <laughs> once they see that. We can send them that reel, and bam, away we go. All right, and also For, and forget and by the way, forget stand up New York. Our next live pod, I think we should do it from Brighton Beach Ooh. in Brooklyn, which is like the home of the Russian population. That's a good idea, it's but like that might have to Russia, be yeah. that might have to be the next one because we have a very important announcement to make. Our next live yeah, pod what's that? from Brighton Beach. No, it's going to be at Stand Up New yeah. York on July eleventh. All right. So everybody, get your tickets to that July eleventh. They're going to go on sale soon. I just saw. Oh, our guest will be announcing. We can announce. Should we announce one guest right now? We can announce one. Let's give him a little tease. Give him one. We give you one guest. I just saw him here in Shanghai. The very Donnie from the Donnie, Ooh, Does, Donnie China Does China videos is going to be. He's flying in from Shanghai, China to do our live podcast. It's going to be fantastic. I don't know. We're going to be eleven to hopefully be recovering from the Boston Celtics loss, so he'll be in better spirits than he is probably right now. Probably will be. So, Cap. Also, Amazon is a sponsor. They're an app. They're a thing. What you got to do, if you want to support the podcast, which I know you do, because you're all listening for free every single week, especially you Russians, what you got to do, they have Amazon in Russia. I hope, I hope they do, because what you got to do. I'm not sure. That's Jeff Bezos. He's not, a, he's not a friend of the president, so I don't know. Well, they get, might have banned it. Get a VPN, and then that'll connect to America. And then go to Amazon.com. No, first go to LostInAmericaPod.com. Click on the Amazon banner in the upper right-hand corner. It'll take you back. To Amazon, do your shopping. We get a percentage of whatever you buy. You don't pay anything extra. We just get money. It's a great deal. Now, let's get to Lost in America. And can I say one thing before we get to it? Yes. Because people think we do bits all the time. We really do have lots of Russian listeners. I just want to put that clear. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's very true. Yes. (laughs) This is not us doing a bit. We have a ton of Russian listeners. Let's get to Lost in America. Play the music.
right, we're back. Love the music. Shout out to Aaron Roots. Working hard on a new song for us, I hear, maybe to close the Ooh. podcast every week. We'll see. So we can so we stop nice ripping people you. off. But yeah. Cap, save some bucks. You're lost in America this week. What's up? You're the only one in America, so you have to be lost in America. Yeah, I'm I gotta I'm in America. You're not here. We wouldn't be fair to the fans if we said you were lost in America. Um I, you know, I hate to just keep talking about my kids here, but I, I do not. I'm just perplexed about one what's trick, going on in the world. One trick pony. I'm a one trick pony. You know, <laughs> I'm, I pretty much figured it out. It's more about raising these kids. But, you know, every week the kids, Teddy comes home from kindergarten. He's got like a folder with his like, he's got tests in there. And it's very exciting because he almost always gets like 100% on this test. But there's also these, um, these, uh, these handouts they give you about information about the school. And they're usually nonsense. They usually ignore them. But this one the other day really, really caught my eye because it started off. The first sentence was HIV AIDS is one of the most serious health problems Americans have ever faced. <laughs> and so I was like, wait, what is a little? And then it starts with a little background information about AIDS in case we've been under a rock since uh, <laughs> 1980. You haven't heard of AIDS? <laughs> yes, exactly. And then, it, then in the next paragraph, it says, our school will begin to teach your child about acquired immune deficiency syndrome, parentheses AIDS. Oh, my God. Again. What is and this in the 1980s? Yeah. So who has AIDS? Then it starts. It starts. It starts explaining how there's a mandate from the New York State Education Center that they must teach all students between kindergartens and grade 12. Now, to remind the audience, my son's in kindergarten. All right, and they're supposed to teach, um, you know, about the methods of transmission, the methods of prevention, abstinence. Wait, is important? Is the value they teach? Are you serious? Abstinence from alcohol and other drug use and sexual intercourse is emphasized as the most appropriate and effective method of prevention for students. Uh, for five-year-olds, lessons about li- <laughs> well, it's for every- all school. They have a thing, uh, and you know they and then and then there's a council. So basically, it, fast forward is a whole thing about all these different things they're going to do. Extru- encourage your child to speak with you about HIV/AIDS. You might wish to point out newspaper, magazine articles about HIV/AIDS issues that you can discuss together. Or even your child might watch television programs about HIV/AIDS together, and then there's a whole thing with some websites to click on. It's, it goes on and on. But the point of the matter is, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to be Mr. Conservative Dad, right? You know, um, especially with my son. My my daughter, I've been preaching. I've been I want to first. I've been preaching abstinence to Ruby since she was in the womb. <laughs> like you know, like people t- they say, talk to your child when they're in the stomach. I'm talking to her, telling her about you know, don't believe anything a guy says, all that stuff. Rubbing the stomach. I was telling her all these things. Yeah, from true. the beginning. But your son, you know, you don't want to be lame. You don't want to. You don't want to be. You don't want to be impractical about the realities of the world, right? <laughs> but then you're like, what? Like this seems like something that was they, that they dug up in like the height of the AIDS scare when they didn't know what was going on when they thought like you could get AIDS from like I don't know. Blood on the ground, or so, you know, like anything. Well, what did they say? No one ab- knew what was going. Abstinence from alcohol will prevent AIDS. I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't I know what they're... doctors are in Long Island City, but I don't. <laughs> I don't think one relates well, no. to the other. <laughs> but yeah, so somebody else I know who's a parent asked um, asked the teacher about it, and they were told that um, that at kindergarten they're mostly just going to focus on germs. They have five different lessons by law. They have to have five different days dedicated to this. They mostly just talk about like washing your hands and teach them how germs are spread and teach them not to touch blood, which I didn't know you need a lesson on. Oh my gosh. But again, I, I don't, you know, I don't know what, um, you know, like, is Wait, that but... really going to translate? Like, is a, is a five-year-old, six-year-old learning now 
to like wash their hands going to lead them to like remembering your condom like 13 years from now or whenever? Uh, no. <laughs> First of all, no. But secondly, <laughs> with the blood thing, I remember when I was a kid, you had, you'd be blood brothers with somebody, the kid down the street, right? And that means you would both cut your finger and then you would shove the blood together on your thumbs. And then that yeah, that was you... a great uh, play I saw once, Blood Brothers. But also, That's you were bonding. never worried that the other six-year-old had AIDS. Like, right. even if you do trade it... blood with another five-year-old kid, they're probably not going to have AIDS, I would assume. <laughs> right? I don't, I don't think it's ever happened. It would be like a whole new... <laughs> so it's not that big of a concern. They're not out there sharing I, needles. I mean, did Carl Malone, circa 1990, come up with this <laughs> policy? Like, <laughs> I don't... I don't even understand it. So I don't know. What should I, what, what do I, to show that I've done something, just in case it comes up and the teacher asks, like, what, what should I tell him? Okay, what here's do what I, we do. We get, we get a t-shirt made for Teddy that just says, I don't have AIDS, and he wears it to school. <laughs> that's it. That's all he, that, that would be, that, that would be a viral t-shirt, I think. And they're not but, allowed. Uh, I just put, uh, put Lost in America Plurmo on that shirt, so it really blows up. Sure, and the teachers were not allowed to be telling them that it's like an inappropriate shirt to wear. It's not. It's completely appropriate. You're just letting the other kids know that you don't have AIDS. I would say let's push the envelope. Let's make it happen. So the other option I could do, it says that parents or legal guardians who do, you can basically request, uh, I can basically request for them to opt out of these lessons. No, you don't want to opt out. Because, yeah, because I guess it's for religion. I don't know, people who don't. So I could, uh, should I start that right now? Like, lay the law down, we're not going to... No, you don't want to opt no, out. You You'd be the weird kid. The weird kid that then rebels. You got you to do whatever the rest of the class does. I'm right now preemptively stealing his material, because this should be his material. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so he should, he should be doing bits one day about all the HIV class. He, was in a, he got A's in HIV education in kindergarten. Yes, I think we start a children's uh, line of T-shirts, Lost in America, I Don't Have AIDS. We sell those across these United States, and even to Russia, because those are our yeah. new friends. And uh, we, can, we can be we can be broad blood brothers. Exactly. Trust me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Trust me. It's cool. That's a good way to do Trust, it. All, all right. right. That's our, so that's what I'm going to let's print them up. Int is an app, Kaplan. Is it? You can get it in the yeah. app store. It's up to five minute audio recordings. We could be inting this conversation right now. I'm inting. I was inting from China last week from within. The Great Wall, the within the inner circle, the inner walls of, of the People's Republic of China, the Communist China. I'm still at ten. You were able to int from there? I can int. Penetrate. Well, truthfully, I don't know if it went out because no one responded to my ints, but I did int out. I don't know if I don't know if people can okay. hear it. Now I'm in Singapore. I'm gonna be inting this week. Everything I do uh, while I'm walking around uh, this great land of Singapore, and then I'll be back in New York next week. Singapore's great ints is great. Cab. I forget though. How do you spell it? Hey, wait. Did you did you mention how to spell it? I no, 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 know. no. I was just going to ask. How is it? I, I believe I'm looking it up. I believe it starts with an E, then you got an N, S, E, ENS. That's right. And uh, I think I'm going to ENS a little bit this week. I'm feeling inspired. Fantastic. All right. Should we get to our guest? Well, let's bring him in. <laughs> let's bring him in. All right, we're back, Kaplan. I'm gonna. I want to start by talking about. I was just in China all last week. I was judging a comedy festival, the China International Comedy Festival, put on by Kung Fu Comedy. It was a fantastic festival. There was 80 comedians from around the world. Everybody was in the, competing, 
And then I headline. I did a show at the end, just a headlining show um, on Sunday night, which right, was great. Right, because you're you're above the fray. I'm above the fray, exactly. But <laughs> here's what's weird about first judging comedy is very odd. It's something I always hated as a competitor when I've been in those festivals because you're like, it's like judging bands that, and especially if all the bands are good. Like I don't know who's better. You know what I mean? Look at you. They're all good. Yeah, I know. I'm very diplomatic. No, there were some people yeah. who. No, no, I would say most were pretty good. I mean, there was clearly some that weren't good, but um, is it like how do you have to judge? Like, is it you? Like, what's the scoring system? Okay, so they do. They make it easy for you, uh, Andy Curtin, and the people out there. Because what they do? Because first of all, you're like, I don't know how to judge, and they're like, Hey, right, what you do? Originality is one like category. So originality of the material, and then writing, like how high quality of a written joke is it? performance is one and then audience reaction is the fourth one and they're all kind of weighted equally oh see that's i thought you were just like the slam dunk contest where you just like hold up and <laughs> i'm just a kimmy <laughs> Matumbo. No <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you're like dr j sitting there the legend just everybody gets tens across the board yeah no yeah, so all that's trying it. to fly from the foul line like you did once so for example like one night uh, all the comedians were good. So I'll just start by saying here's was the issue for me, though. I was friends with a lot of the comedians who were in it. Um, or oh, I, I, conflict of interest. Conflict of interest, except that I was friends with most of them. And so, therefore, not a conflict of interest when I oh. kind of know everybody. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Yeah. So you just gave everybody artificially high scores, but exactly. it evens out in a way. Exactly. So I think I did a good job. Plus, there was two other judges. It wasn't just me, but all three of us, I think, did a pretty good job. But so, for example, one night, uh, there was like six comedians who all did well. One of them uh, uh, was a female, and the other five were males. And they were all like equally as good as each other. And then you're trying to figure out, like, as I said, originality. So everyone, the writing was good for all six. The performance is good for all six. The crowd loved all six. And so then you have to go down to originality. And it just, one guy's jokes uh, just stood out more. He just, he talked to a lot of people, you, when you, and I did the same thing when I was living in Asia. Or just when you're newer at comedy. I think this happens around the U.S. and around the world, too. You kind of write about where you are as opposed to who you are. Meaning, like, you write about the local bar. And you write about, like, local observations about stuff in your neighborhood. You might write about Long Island City. Or you might write, you know what I mean? Like, you have jokes about your neighborhood. And then the further, the further you get into comedy, you're like, oh, you start writing about you. Like, your personal thoughts and beliefs and opinions and all that kind of stuff. Just, like, themes you had heard before, especially comedy in Asia, you know? Which might be, right. like, oh, I'm an expat, so... I'm Chinese people treat me like this, or I ride a scooter, I teach English. It's all, there's like a version of it that kind of everybody does. So then you had to go away from that a little bit. Or like Chinese people get into car wrecks. That's a big, that's a big thing. Was everybody, everybody was an expat? No, but a lot were. There were some people, there was also just not like, uh, there were people from New York City who came over and did it. There were people who flew up, like Vietnamese people from Vietnam who came and did it. There were people from all over the world. There was a French guy. From Fran- who flew in from France, and then there were expats, and then there were Chinese people who live in China, uh, but uh, but uh, but do comedy in English. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. So, but here's the thing: is when you're judging, it's awful because you are no matter how good you are, you're essentially like a referee in the NBA finals. Like someone's gonna hate you. And so, out of the the four we were trying to decide for to uh, the, to make the finals. 
there were six, but then two were definitely in, and then two more, and one more got in. There was one guy who specifically stood out. Andrew Grant is his name. Shout out to Andrew. He lives in Hong Kong. He had this joke about going, I don't want to give it away, but he's going to the therapist's office, and his therapist has a, a, a poster on the wall of a quote, an inspirational quote from, who's the guy who cut his ear off? Da Vinci? Van Gogh? Van Gogh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one poster on the wall, and it's a Van Gogh <laughs> quote. And he's like, Van Gogh, like, that's the worst person for a ther- therapist to have on the wall. He cut his ear yeah. off. He went crazy. And that's, that's that what is a weird. Someone, has anyone else ever cut their ear off in the history of the world? Because that's, the, that's like the most easy. You say, who's the guy who cut their ear off? You go, Van Gogh. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he did. Maybe it was, a, maybe it was I performance mean, art. If anybody else has done it, they must be so annoyed. They never got any notoriety <laughs> out of it. <laughs> They're really overshadowed. So anyway, they really fucked her. Yeah, they got to come with something new. So we put Andrew Grant in. I'm like, I know, and you know, so uh, the three judges all kind of decided. You had to decide together. You you add up your scores, and then they do the combined score. And when the combined score came out, it was like, oh, Andrew Grant's going to get in third. But I knew because the two previous the previous nights there hadn't been any females getting into the finals. This was the last chance. She was really good, but Andrew Grant was just a little more original than everybody. I mean, he, this Van Gogh thing, it was just like a little more developed than ev- all, everybody, not just the whole crew. But I knew in my head, I'm like, man, this is going to happen. The whole crowd's going to be pissed. And then the scores come out. Right. And they were not happy. <clears throat> was it like one of those things where you, with, like when there's like a contentious decision in a boxing ring and the, the crowd can sort of sense it yes. by the way that the announcers... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, and... Like the crowd's all thinking one way. The crowd was definitely knew who they were rooting for, and it was not the they were not rooting for us. They weren't looking at it the same way we were. Uh, and it's it's it's. I also felt like a douchebag. Like you know when like everyone knows that what should like uh, everyone knows that Wedding Crashers should win the Oscar, but they give it to like the piano artist or whatever that movie is. Wait, everyone knows what it. I get what you're saying. You know Bad what I example, mean? but yes. Like then all of a sudden I'm that like guy. But Andrew was great. Right. But... You're the you you didn't play to the you didn't you're not a populist. No, I was a snob. You refused, even in the presence of the crowd, you didn't, you know. All of us, all three of us judges. I blame us all equally. But it was the right I mean, Andrew was great. But um yeah, so right when the announcements came out, I... immediately it was like an Oscar so white moment, like hashtag Oscar so white. They were like, no, boo, no women in the finals. Where are the women? Why didn't you pick the women? And we had to be rushed out of there. Right. <laughs> like throwing was, things at you. Yeah, throwing. Oh, my God. The, the Slurpees were coming down out of the rafters, just hitting us on the head. We had to get bodyguards to take us out of the room. It was but, insane. But what happens when they make the final? Do they then do another set? Yes. Like when you down three finalists? Yeah, so then, no, no, no. So three uh, finalists, sorry, I didn't explain. There's three finalists on each night of the preliminaries. Right. And there's three night, and then nine comics get into the final, and they do this sold-out show in front of, like, 200 people at this theater, which is just packed, sold-out, out of Out of the final nine, do they have any women in the final nine? No, that's what I'm saying. It was all oh men. Oh, my God. For, but, I mean, you're only responsible for those three, right? No, I was the judge all three nights. So we had to do that, but then it was immediately like, what's about the woman? Boo, you didn't pick the woman. Women, no women. We need more women. And I, I don't know, what, what would you do about that, Kaplan? I would call them all a bunch of homos. And <laughs> <just ignore> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so that was but, uh, that. 
Um, congrats to everyone so, who did make it. Uh, Garen Chu, who's a friend of ours, shout out to him. He made the finals. He got third in the finals. So he will be coming out wow, to New York City. That's a real City. conflict of interest, a real friend of yours. No, 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 no. They, like <laughs> I said, they were all friends of mine. And actors, it was a blast. I had fun with everybody. Everybody was uh, – uh, one guy I had to introduce. We did a show on it. Oh, second place. I'll give you. I'll give you the final. So he got third. Second place was Kurt Dunsing. He's an American guy. He was super funny. I did not know him previously. Um, and the guy who got first place, I also did not know previously. Josh Tyus from the United Kingdom. He will be coming out. They're all be coming out to New York at certain times to play shows because they get to perform now at Stand Up New York at New York Comedy Club. Kurt. Yeah, uh, they can come on the pod now. Well, that's upset. We're going to get Josh Tyus on the pod. The Brit. Yeah, but it sounds like he didn't pick any Jews, so I'm, a, I'm offended, but all right. Is Josh Tyus a Jew, maybe? I'm not sure. And probably, you can uh, tell? Stretch. We'll, 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 we'll look it up before I make definitive. I got to say before, it, before I write an angry letter. I don't know if there were any <laughs> Jews in it, but, but I will say this. There was nobody sticking up for Jews out there. When we didn't pick a Jew, there was nobody going, no, Oscar's so uh, Gentile. <laughs> Unbelievable. There was no Oscar's yeah. so Gentile hashtags at all. <laughs> there was no... Uh, that's just, yeah. So you, do you pick any, any people of color in your final three? Yeah. Garen Chu is Chinese. Does that count? Uh, in China, I'm not sure. <laughs> in China, you should but, pick a Chinese person. Yeah. You well, then we one, pick yeah. two white uh, people. That's a person of color in China. Right. All right. First place was British. Yeah. White. Yeah. That's like a person of color. In China. In China. In China. In yeah. China. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, sure. Do you mean black people? Is that the question? <laughs> Did we pick any black I, people? I mean, yeah, basically. I mean, come on. There was a black guy in the finals from Sweden. This was such an international competition. We had a black guy from Sweden in the finals. Ooh, uh, that guy sounds interesting. Chinese guy from Hong Kong. That's pretty interesting. You had Oh, we had white guys, two white guys from Cambodia. We had a Vietnamese guy from Vietnam. People you mean were, a white guy from Cambodia? He was born in, born in Cambodia? Or they just... No, he's lived like, there for like David. 10 or 15 years. I was hosting a oh, show okay. one night. Uh, uh, Steve-O Jocelyn, I'll sh- shout out to him. I was hosting a show one night, and I was like, oh, our next comedian. Because there was also, between the competition, there's also just shows, you know, like shows around at the club. And I was hosting it one night, and I'm like, oh, shout out. Our next comedian is all, came here all the way from Cambodia. And I get in the audience, like, whoa. I could tell they thought they were going to see a Cambodian. And then Steve-O right. walks on the stage. He's just a big ginger white guy. <laughs> and he yeah, lives it's like there. That. It's like that. Uh-huh. And the crowd starts laughing. And then when he leaves the stage, I go back up. And I'm like, round of applause for Steve-O, everybody. Our resident Cambodian. For a dollar a day, you can feed him. Plus a thousand dollars. Yeah, you set him up. And then, you know, it's very disappointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize what I was doing until it happened. Like, I didn't, you know, you just think, like, oh, he lives there. But it was fun. Shout out to all the comics who did it. Andy Curtin, Muhammad Magdi for putting on a great festival. But I hear we have some hate mail. Is that true? Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Don't hate me because I'm the best. Don't hate me because I'm the champ. Yeah, uh, the producer, uh, they, they, they contacted me and they said, I know you're not coming to the studio but you might, to do this pod, but you might want to come in just to pick up the hate mail that we have. That's, that's <laughs> arriving so I, I came by and picked up a pile of papers. Oh, so I'll geez. read you some of it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 
<laughs> what do we do wrong now? Well, all right. Here, I'm going to start with this one because this one seems like uh, the, the angriest of the... Oh, my know. God. I can hear the paper all the way on the other side the of the paper. world. Yeah, the paper's here. Um, you know, it came to uh, it, came, it came to Ikram's attention over at Ants. So, you know, he had a he saw this, which is a good way to you're gonna send hate mail. You send it to the boss. The I was boss gonna say that's the worst move. At least send it to us. We can hide it from the boss. You send it to the boss. Yeah, now we're not in trouble. That's what I'm saying. Get, with the listeners, they're, the mess- they're not playing around here. They're getting the message across. All right. So what does it say? What, what's it pertaining? So the to? title of it says simply not funny. Oh gosh. And it says hi. I have been a fan of this podcast going back to the Huey Lewis days. <laughs> Reference, yeah, that big fan. That was like, um, yeah, when ha- we used to play the Huey Lewis as our before Aaron, De'Aaron Roots wrote us some music, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Thank However, you. I, I, I have noticed a disturbing trend, and I must give you a piece of my mind. You continually laugh and belittle children with allergies. <laughs> what? Come on. That can't... <laughs> I can only assume Sir Michael's children are perfect. <laughs> but things won't seem so hilarious when future Sparks children are allergic to peanuts, strawberries, eggs, Whoa. or dare I say ham. Signed <laughs> Mandy in Manhattan. Wait, sign who? Mandy in Manhattan. Oh, Mandy. Mandy, shots fired. Wait, first of all, I'm going to, okay, my kids aren't going to be allergic to anything because my wife's Chinese and Chinese people eat absolutely everything. So they're going to be born immune to everything. Oh, I thought you were going to say because my wife's Chinese and I'm white. And it's like, a, like when we got our dog from like a, 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 from a pet store, you know, like they it's told a us that she can't like get sick or anything ever because she's got hybrid. She's like a mix. Well, that too. There's <laughs> some new theory. No, like, you have, here's, you're like, here's why. You have yeah, it's a first of all you yeah you create like a super gene, so that the mix yeah you have super genes that you're saying you're to pass down yeah, but then secondly, my wife's Chinese that she they, she grows up abs- eating absolutely everything. I've seen her eat a pig brain. What else is what what could she possibly be allergic to? Okay, and then second of all, I grew up with a mom Myrna Sparks shout out who would never throw away expired food. So I've been eating expired food out of the fridge my entire life. Never get sick. So we're both, we have these crazy immune systems where the kids, if we have kids, not, there's no peanut allergy in, in the Sparks Ooh, family. You know, and I don't, I, don't I, I keep expired foods in the house too. So maybe that's why Sir, Sir Michael's Kaplan's kids are so great. So it perfect. is. It's good for you. Yeah. And Tyler Sparks, uh, Babyface Sparks' kids, they don't, I don't think they have any food allergies. So Mandy in Manhattan, my gosh. Yeah, you know. I mean, I know, look, first of all, I want to say well, a couple of things. One, to Mandy and to all other of our hate mail senders, you got to do us a little bit of a help here. You got to include some better, some examples because, you know, do, do a little work for us here. Like, I know, I, I know we've made re- jokes about it. I don't know exactly which one she's referring to, but, um, you know, if you can't laugh at this ridiculousness of the peanuts in school situation that we got going on in this country... I don't know what to tell you, Mandy. I mean, what's left? If we can't make fun of, yeah, if we can't make fun of peanut allergies, is there literally anything left in America we're allowed to make fun of? I think she might be talking about, I, I have a bit I do on stage, and also I think we've, we've definitely talked about it on the pod, about the gluten-free body of Christ they have at my church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gluten-free, yeah, we do, yeah. She, She's probably not uh, happy I don't even know. I know, I regret all, I used to make fun of this kid, Hugh Greenberg, in my elementary school, because he was peanut, he was, you know, he didn't eat peanuts, and yeah. I, I'm going to apologize to him, I'm going to call him up when we're done here. No, Cap, come on, you're losing your fastball. We don't apologize. We didn't apologize, we don't apologize. 
Just like uh, Andrea Jones Roy didn't apologize to Macedonia, we don't apologize to Mandy in Manhattan. Not not no, happening. No fear. Mandy. Strike first, strike fast. Hey, um, no mercy. I like it. But did you um take what she said to heart? What if your no. kids are allergic to ham? What would you say to that? What would you do? Would you be able to survive? Like, I think. Well, would you abort? Like you know how they test for Down syndrome and people, most people abort. Would you abort if you found out the kid had a ham <laughs> allergy gene? First of all, I don't think that's true. <laughs> most people abort. Uh, uh, only in New York. In New York, most people abort. I'll do, just go are, you, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, they do a test. I mean, why do they do the test for it? I, I don't know why else we did the test. That's when we ridiculous. Were, Liberals I'm in New York. Most of them abort. Liberals I know that in, Iceland, in New York City. In Iceland, they basically eliminated Down syndrome on this idea. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Not to go what? too far into... <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I would not abort, Kaplan, uh, but adoption is an option, you know? Put them up for adoption. Right. Is that, is that the China part of the China one-child policy? Is it, like, one child, but if it's an allergic to too much shit, you can get a second one? No, what I'm saying is or you no. put them up for adoption. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I couldn't, I can't raise a kid who can't eat ham. What are you talking about? Right, so you, so you would bring that, so you, okay, you would, you would find a loving family, probably a loving Jewish family. Exactly. I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure they need a yeah. kid. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and, oh, but, and wait. they would really love this child because they would know, they'd feel confident that the child wouldn't intermarry because they couldn't, you know, they would stay Jewish. That'd be, that'd be perfect. Yeah. And they've already gotten past the hardest part of being Jewish, which is not being able to eat ham. So yeah, <laughs> it's all downhill from there. Exactly. All right. That's a billion dollar idea. But, but you just mentioned that one child policy. Can I make an announcement on the pod that it, uh, it might be breaking news to our audience? I'm not sure, but it's over. One yeah. child policy, two child policy. The whole thing's over. They announced a couple days ago. Have as many kids as you want, Chinese oh, people. I thought you were about to announce that Ye was pregnant. Uh, I thought that's where we were going. I thought we were gonna, I thought we were gonna bury it forty minutes into this podcast. No, <laughs> Chinese. No, because uh, when I, I just went back and had dinner with Chinese with Ye's family, and they were like, "Ooh, when are you gonna have kids?" And I was like, "Her answer, like, when are you gonna have kids?" And I'm, they asked me that every time. When are you gonna have kids? I was, but this time I was like, "Like, guess what? One child policy, two child policies over. When are you gonna have kids, lady?" Whoa! It's completely over. Get on the horse. What was the what was the reasoning? They just like uh, India's getting too close to them. They balanced out the the po- population. I guess I'm not sure. They fixed all their problems. Everything's solved. Yeah, mission accomplished. Or, or is it to start because we're in the middle of a trade war and they <laughs> they want to have another asset to go after to go after Trump? That's we got more kids it. coming. Yeah, 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 more soldiers. Wow. Well, congratulations. Bad news for the. Uh, the abortion doctors of China, but good news for <laughs> good news for Chinese parents who want to have more kids. So exactly, you know, congratulations, give and take. Cap. <laughs> I say let's get to yeah. the news. We got some good news stories this week. All right, let's play the music. Anything to promote before we get to the news? <laughs> to promote, you can find me at. Uh... <laughs> what do you got? I got. I'm going to be in uh, El Paso, Texas, on. Let's see, I'm going to be in Roswell, New Mexico, doing shows on uh, June 26th, El Paso, Texas, on June 27th. And besides that, I'll be bouncing around New York City all this month. So if you're in New York, come hang out. Look at my schedule. Look at turnersparks.com. You'll see where I am. That's it. Let's and you can to- listen to me on the Lost in America podcast. Yeah. Which is wherever podcasts That's are found. Like, do you remember when we were kids and you'd buy a WWF pay-per-view and they would advertise buying that exact pay-per-view on the pay-per-view? <laughs> That's yeah, like we're doing right now. we got to talk about that. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right, let's get to the news.
All right, we're back. Kaplan, first news story of the week. This comes to us from NewJersey.com, which is uh, where all the best news comes from. Pretty much. Mystery pooper at New Jersey High School's (laughs) track turned out to be superintendent, the cops Uh, said. Chalmers. The cops say Thomas Tramagalini, 42 years old, lives about three miles from Holmdel High School in neighboring Aberdeen, New Jersey. He was running at the track on the athletic field at 5.50 a.m. before he was arrested. (laughs) Track coaches said the staff at Holmdel High School told the district's resource officer that they found human feces on or near the football field and track daily. Holmden police said in a really? statement on Thursday. Yes. Tra- Tramading or Tram- Tramlini is also this dude, this superintendent is also charged with lewdness and littering, which is fantastic. Wait, so he would go for a daily run and take a crap on the field? Every day at 5.50 a.m. he'd take a dump on the field at the high school. I mean, you know, yeah, I, I appreciate the regularity, much like, like a dog or... Exactly. You know, we all, well, we all, that's what, we all go gonna, around the same time. First of all, I ran, I'm going to defend him for a second because I ran cross country and track in high school. And I will say <laughs> of that. Of course you run, are. Yeah. And running, running makes you want to crap. You know, it's not your fault. It's natural that you have to take a dump when you run. Everybody yeah, knows that. He, he can't use, I, I don't understand. He's a superintendent of school. He can't get into the bathroom. <laughs> that's a good point. I, or, he, or he can't bring a baggie. Like you pick up after your dog, right? Dogs poop on the grass. Yeah. Or would you pick up after yourself? I don't know. Maybe you kind of feel like, you know, I've earned this position. I'm you the, think he's, yeah, you go on the power trip thing? I'm the going? superintendent. I can, I can poop wherever I want. Yeah. Toilets it's like every yeah, absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? Yeah. But the like one you thing, just reach a point where you think you're above the law and you just are fucking breaking the law just for the sake of breaking the law because you can. You're the super fucking attendant. I think that's it. Now, the one thing that is odd about this is that the superintendent is at the school. I don't remember ever our superintendent wasn't even in the same county they were like 40 miles away for the whole district or something that uh, yeah he's physically he sounds like the most physically fit superintendent though he's running every day at 5 50 in the morning yeah and listen you know? he could be out of all the things he could be doing he could be sending dick pics to high school kids we got isis out there causing problems and they're going right. after him for taking a dump on the on the track it sounds like him. a cry it sounds like a really a cry for help like he wanted to get caught i, I think Maybe so, but last thing I'll say, I'm against, I don't like the idea that they charge him with littering because I know we've done a story before. I think, isn't poop, it's good for the environment, right? Don't they use it in Brooklyn to like right. uh, sod the well, grass? you have to be at a hip, if you were at like at a hippy-dippy school, yes. he'd be like given a raise for this. Yeah, you're right. Either like a public school in New Jersey, he's not very, they're not very hippy-dippy with this. They're not in Brooklyn. He's going <laughs> to crap in a, in a school. In Brooklyn, they yeah. would just, in Brooklyn, they just call it a compost pile and he'd get a medal. <laughs> exactly. What, how did they catch him? Did it, like did they see it on so, a video camera? Or they... No, because they were the kids were coming to school every day at like eight a.m. and there'd always be just this big old turd right in the middle of the track. And but, so I mean, they, how did they know it was his poop? Are they... So they started telling the teachers because it wasn't there when they leave at night. It was there in the morning, and so they got the cops uh, did a stakeout, old fashioned stakeout. stakeout. Yeah, they sat over there overnight. They got binoculars. They got some Doritos, a couple beers, had a few <laughs>, laughs. And uh, but, sat there all night and watched him just come out, run around the track, and take right. a dump. Is it like I wonder if it's like you know when you're when you're on a, when you're on a bus like catching a guy with a hooker or something I've seen on TV or something? You got to like get to a point where like they exchange the money. Like you got to get to a point where he's done. That he's guilty. He's he's 100%, oh, 100 hundred like, percent. So he can't. You, they can't just wait when he drops his pants because then it's just dropping your pants. You got to like wait until the crap comes out and he 
Yes. And you got to wait till he doesn't pick it up because you're getting littering. Got to catch pick him it up. red-handed. Then it's not littering. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> got to catch him running away from the scene. Yeah, they waited. So. He dumps, and the, and, the, and the junior officer's like, let's go get him. And then the, the, the senior guy's like, nah, wait for it, rookie. He's got to right. walk away. <laughs> yeah. Once he walks away, we get him on everything. Okay, that's why it's so humiliating for this guy is he knows they were watching him crap. It's Man, pretty humiliating really feel, all around. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if he's kept I, I, his I job. I feel bad for this guy. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Next news story from the Washington Times, Kaplan. Legitimate news source here. Boy Scouts to provide condoms at upcoming World Jamboree. Ooh. The boy, time. News of the condom requirement comes months after the Boy Scouts announced it would allow girls to become scouts. The 2019 World Scout Jamboree will be held in West Virginia from July 21st to August 1st. The theme of the Jamboree is, in quotes, unlock a new world. Ooh, unlock a safe sex new world. Scouting after dark, my friend. <laughs> this is an X-rated Jamboree. So what is a Jamboree? The word Jamboree, really? Like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Does that just mean, like, like what does that mean? Like a free-for-all? I guess yeah, it's, it's kind of, it means do whatever you want. Like, did you see that Wild Wild Country documentary on Netflix? I haven't seen it yet. I've been meaning to watch that. Well, they just go out to the middle of Oregon and just they all have sex with each other and do a bunch that, of drugs. A, I, they I assume, do a jamboree. I assume that's a jamboree. I don't think I ever <laughs> went on a jamboree. I went to camp, but that's different. It's seemingly this jamboree has is a little more morally casual. Um, but you were a Boy Scout, right? I was a Boy Scout, but this is before they gave a, they just gave out condoms. Uh, <laughs> this is a new world did for you Boy any... Scouts. It was also before they allowed girls in. There was a lot of differences at that point. Right. Did you have any jamboreeing? No, that's what I'm saying. I never went to a jamboree, yeah. so I have no background on jamborees. Yeah. I do take issue. If it's a world jamboree, I'm not sure why it's in West Virginia. That seems like an odd place to invite the world to, except the only thing – well, for uh, – the only thing I'm thinking is that possibly it's there because I don't know what's the legal age of consent in uh, West Virginia. It probably lower than everywhere else. Probably enough because like there's 12 year old Boy Scouts. So why right. are you handing out condoms to 12 year old Boy Scouts? It's kind of like the Teddy Kaplan thing, teaching them about AIDS. Like it's a little young. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you about the HIV education program at the Boy Scouts Jamboree. I saw a Boy Scout troop last summer. I was at a rest stop up upstate New York. And it was like it was like a jamboree. There was like I, there was like a busload of Boy Scouts, all the little troop leaders. And uh, I don't look and looking at those kids. I do not think any of those kids need condoms. Like I don't think even if there's girls allowed, <laughs> even if I, there's even if the ratio is three to one girls to boys, I do not think any of those kids need any condoms. That was my next point. <laughs> it's not exactly a bunch of Don Juans in the Boy Scouts. <laughs> you know, that was my exact. I was literally going straight there. No matter, you could have. I, a thousand girls out there, it wouldn't make a difference. I don't. I think. I think that it's. It's. This is. We. It's definitely gone to. Somehow, this is. The world has turned me into a conservative. I think we're getting too liberal in some aspects of this. Uh, giving condoms to twelve-year-old kids seems a little ridiculous. Next news story from the Hill, Kaplan. Another great news source. New Starbucks policy allows non-customers to sit in cafes. Starbucks announced Saturday that it is enacting a new policy to allow people, even non-paying customers, to sit in its cafes and use its restrooms. The Associated Press reports to us. The change comes weeks after two black men, Rashawn Nelson and Dante Robinson, were arrested at a Philadelphia Starbucks location because they had not bought anything. What do you think about this? 
I mean, there's so much, like for starters, um, I know when we had a Donnell on a few weeks ago, I was talking to him off air and he was talking about he doesn't, he won't go to Starbucks anymore because of that incident. Sure. And I didn't, I didn't argue with him, but I was thinking like, I just can't believe people like, it wasn't like it was Starbucks's policy to be racist. You know, like this is clearly somebody in Philadelphia. Well, this feels to me like a bit of an overcorrection because what happened in Philadelphia is these two guys were sitting in Starbucks and then for sitting in Starbucks, they got arrested. So I would say that's probably no good. You don't have to, but you then you also don't have to. Now the new policy is just to let anyone sit there all day without ever ordering anything and just use the dumper. And I don't think you have to do that. I think you just have to say we're not going to arrest people anymore. Right, because it seems like a big overreaction to basically say we as a company believe we can never, no matter how much sensitivity training or anything, we will never be able to have non-racist employees. Yeah. So we were just going to take the, they're not going to have brains anymore. They can't decide. They're just going to let anybody come in, sit down. And, you know, I don't know what it's like at Starbucks all around the country, but in New York City, at Starbucks and really every other coffee shop, like those seats are hot commodities. Like you go in, a lot of times I'm trying to kill time and I just want to use the bathroom or take a seat. And I always, it's always like, a, there's never seats available. Sure. So the fact that they're, that, this seems like a terrible business idea for starters. Well, um, it's a good business idea if I don't really know what's happening to their bottom line, but it must not be going well. They must be losing a ton of business if they're willing, because all they really give a shit about is money. They don't care about any, any people or any groups or anything like that. They really don't. They just care about making money. And if they're losing enough money to where this seems like a good idea to them, but I almost, you could just say we're not arresting people. That, that seems like the move. But uh, <laughs> if they want to let people you know, sit there I, all day. You know, I feel like I'm very cutting edge because I'm on the top of all trends. A few weeks ago before this all happened, I was walking and I, I saw – I was walking to Weber's place and I, I saw Starbucks and I really had a pee and I went in and I used the bathroom and then I came out and I thought I should buy something. I almost bought a nice coffee and I said, fuck it. I just left. Yeah. And now – Because once you – You know what? I, I, I wasn't breaking the law. I, retroactively. Oh. I'm uh, grandfathered in. You're grandfathered in. You could have stayed there for two weeks until the law changed. I should have Yeah. It. Just be like that door, that like friend who gets taken advantage of because they have a great house and they just invite everyone over in high school or something. Yes. You're just like the sucker. That's what Starbucks is going to become, the sucker friend with the good rompus room. I, I can know. tell you this wouldn't have flown it at Mr. Softy in China. I can tell you that much. No. When Did we you had have bathrooms? <laughs> no, but we had stores, and in our stores, people would come and just sit there and not order anything and immediately just get booted. Our yeah, staff, it would... wouldn't even be me. The staff would just go up to him and be like, are you going to order something? And they're like, no, all right, you have to leave. Just get the That's F, impressive. Get the F out of here. Because people would just blend in pretty well for a while. People would just sit there all day and eat, like, uh, a lot of people would eat, like, um, uh, uh, sunflower seeds. That's a big, like, yeah. snack. Like, grandmas would come in. And they would just sit there with their grandkid, who's like two, and then let him run around, and then just eat sunflower seeds and take up seats from our customers. And our staff <laughs> like was sitting them out on the ground. Our, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just throwing them on the, like one of those like uh, theme bars where you can throw the peanut shells on the ground. They would just treat our restaurant like that. And so the You're staff, a Lone Star Steakhouse, the staff would get so pissed off. And so like just seeing they were they were definitely it's not racial profiling because everybody's the same race, but it was uh, ageist, I guess. Any grandma that would come in, they would just go up. They'd be like, are you going to order? And they, they would know. They would say no. And then they'd be like, get the right. fuck hand out of here. Hand me your sunflower seeds when you walk in. Check them at the door. Exactly. Get back you leave. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> You know where this one flies? Like a Dunkin' Donuts. They would never. Because they would. They just. 
like, you know, when it's really cold out, a lot of like homeless guys will hang out and dug donuts, but they end up collecting enough money to actually order something from people. Oh. Cause they know like a Dunkin' Donuts, it's not a racist thing. It's just like, they don't deal with gruff. Yes. Like, you know, like those kind of places. Like I think softy was in the same, same class. Softy of China, at least. Yeah, exactly. We but, just didn't take shit. But, yeah. And I, they're not that dorky friend. But so, uh, anyway, that's it. Tip for, tip, tip for our listeners who are traveling to America. Exactly. Go to Starbucks. Go don't don't to get an Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> you know, save money on a hotel. It's a great <laughs> idea. Stay at Starbucks. That's our podcast. Kaplan, I will be back next week. We'll be back oh, in good. studio, I believe, right? Yeah, hopefully they haven't changed the locks. Hopefully they haven't changed the locks in studios after all this hate mail we got. So yeah. that's it, Cap. What should we do? I'm going to go to sleep, and then I'm, and I guess to do that, I got to get lost. Get lost. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.